0: I don't really want to set, like, a goal because I don't want to set, like, a limit. Like, it's it's weird because it's almost like, oh, yeah, don't try too hard. But then at the same time, like, I don't know, I kind of like it to organically happen. The the way it's, like, scored and the rankings and stuff, like, I could, you can easily get caught up in, like, I just need to do this to be better than that. But at the end of the day, if I do everything that I'm capable of, I feel like I've done the best I can and I'm happy with that. <laughs> We stand today.
1: This is method the with method. the shadow. The business method. The business method podcast.
0: The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds,
1: entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location independent businesses that produce over a million dollars in annual revenue. And now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results, economies, and cultures. There's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this, and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method It's been really fun interviewing some of the world's top influencers. One of the reasons is because many of these influencers are also some of the world's top high performers as well, and today's guest is no different. Lizzie Armanto joins us today on the mic. Lizzie is one of the world's best skateboarders and has the accolades to prove it. She's won over 30 skateboarding awards, including placing first overall in the World Cup of Skateboarding, points race from 2010 to 2012 she's won the gold at the first women's skateboarding park x games in barcelona spain she won the 2014 van Doren invitational and in 2018 she became the first female skater to complete tony hawk's 360 degree ramp and she will be competing in the tokyo olympics in 2020 she's one of the most groundbreaking women in skateboarding history and she's joining us on the show During the interview, we dive into a variety of things with Lizzie about how she's grown up from a kid skating in Southern California to an international skateboarding pro. Lizzie shares about daily rituals, how she sees competition and fun, her mindset around being a professional skater, and the importance of doing what she loves. Later in the interview, we touch on how Lizzie gets into the zone, what it's like being in the zone or flow states for her, and some of the other hobbies she enjoys. Other cities and countries around the world that Lizzie really enjoys. Skating in, and of course, how she manages her influence. Ladies and gentlemen, Lizzie Armano. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Listeners, welcome to the show today. I'm incredibly excited to give uh, an interview to our guest. She is one of the top. Female skaters in the world, actually one of the top skaters in the world, with plenty of accolades to back that up. Uh, Winning over 30 skateboarding awards, um, winning the gold medal in the X Games in Barcelona, being one of the the, or the very first female to skate Tony Hawk's 360-degree ramp, and uh, and is competing in the 2020 Olympics. And I want to say hello, Lizzie. How are you doing today?
0: Hey, Chris. Uh, I'm good. Thanks.
1: Good. Did I did I get all those right? Like all the the your awards and accolades.
0: Yeah, you're all there.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> um and I just I just read that you're going to compete um in the Olympics in Tokyo in 2020. Are you excited for that?
0: Yeah, it's coming up so fast.
1: When w- what are the dates of the Olympics? I don't even know.
0: It's in August of next year
1: so, uh, we talk a lot on our podcast about like mindset, focus, and flow states, you know, talking to these, these high performers and, and amazing people. I'm curious, like, um, are you doing anything other than, you know, I'm sure you're practicing, but are you doing anything else to prepare for the Olympics next year?
0: I mean, I'm a contest skateboarder and I mean, I'm kind of just doing the same thing I've been doing. And I think everything else is kind of other people are getting more serious about it, if that makes sense. Like the skating's all the same, in my opinion. Like, obviously, I'm continuing to push myself. And yeah,
1: I like the listeners to learn a little bit more about you. Now you're um, are you 26, 27 now?
0: I'm 26. I'm turning 27 in January.
1: Happy early birthday.
0: That's coming up fast
1: and you started skating at 14. Is that right? Yes. Tell us about that very first moment when you got on a skateboard and and what it was like for you.
0: I mean, in the beginning, I, um, I started with my little brother and my mom signed us up for this local skate park. And pretty much we just like got into the park. And for me, it was like, okay i need to like whatever my brother's gonna do like i'm gonna like one-up him or like try to do it first so it was like already i was i guess i've always been competitive and i don't know for me it like in the beginning it was just fun like it was a place for me to go after school where i didn't have to like have a solid eye on my brother like i could kind of do my own thing but we're in the same zone and i don't know like the skate park was such a cool place to be because it's there's so many different people there and everyone wants to be there. Like it has its own community.
1: When did it click for you, Lizzie? Like this is, this is a thing. I mean, at first, how many years was it just like a hobby, like a, uh, you know, playing for you before it turned into like a real thing?
0: I think in the beginning it was just like, like I said, something outlet I do after school and it was a fun place to be. And it wasn't until like a little bit later When I was like, oh, it would be cool to be a pro skateboarder. But you never really know what, like, that means until you're doing it, you know? Like, at the time, I think, you know, any little kid would say the same. And it wasn't until, like, my first sponsor. Like, I was getting flowed boards by a local company. And they asked if I wanted to do a contest. And I said, yeah, because it was like, sure, why not? And it ended up being the...
1: How old were you? I
0: was... 16 and so it's like the biggest bowl contest that there is and they have a women's division and like I competed and I I got ninth which was amazing like I think I got like $200 or something for ninth place so I was like surprised just at that and I think the biggest like thing for me or of that that I got out of that experience was that I just met so many cool people that like you know like there's professionals there and just being around like the scene and seeing people like seeing the skating that was going on was like really cool to be around but also just hanging out with all those people and just realizing there's so many individuals and I don't know I I felt like I found the place where I wanted to be like I wanted to hang out with and skate with all these people more.
1: Did you ever, did you, through that experience, did you find some people that you either looked up to or kind of either they took you under their their wing and kind of became a mentor to you?
0: I met a lot of people like for the first time. And I think all of the, like most of them I'm still friends with today that skate. And so I've like made long lasting relationships, but as far as like I don't know, like growing up, I think one of the first people that I was like really drawn to was Pat Noho, like another skateboarder that goes to the Cove and he just like his style and the way he skates is just, it's really, it's fun to watch and like, he's a cool person. And a lot of it just breaks down to like you hang out with people cause they're like fun to hang out with.
1: So, so we have an international audience and for the listeners, the Cove is a skate park in uh, which part of California?
0: Santa Monica in Los Angeles.
1: And that's that's where a lot of um, skaters, kind of professional skaters come from, right? They They start out there?
0: Not necessarily a lot. There's like a handful that have come out of the Cove, but it's like a really cool community. Like at the time, there wasn't so many skate parks on the west side of Los Angeles. And it was definitely like a hub. And then even as more parks started to be built or like get built, that it was one of the first parks to get lights. And so that really opened up the scene for like people in the area to go skate, like after work.
1: So now uh, you've been skating, you know, 12 years, uh, 13 years or so. And um, what is it about skateboarding that you love? Is it, is it just, is it community? Is it, what are, what are some of the the juicy things that, that get you going when you think about skating?
0: There's so many layers to that. Like skateboarding helped me, like, kind of find my identity of what I like doing, I guess. And like, it's a it's a form of creative expression. Like, you know, everyone, can like anyone, could pick up a skateboard, but you know, you have to like go kind of through the hoops of getting through the beginning. And at some point, you learn tricks, and you know, everyone has like a different way they do them. Just even, you know, a hundred people could do a frontside air, but your frontside is different than other people's frontside of air because of like the way you do it and like the way you hold yourself and the way you like dress and i don't know it's kind of like a big package like sometimes you can even have like a session that's like no other like you can go and skate the same place but then if the energy is good and i don't know you can just have like the best session ever and so like that part of it is really satisfying but then also it's so cool that I don't know, like there's all these people around the world that, you know, if you're a skateboarder and you talk to another skateboarder, there's this like mutual respect you have for each other. And you may not even like be able to speak the same language, like you couldn't talk. But if you can skate together, it's like a form of communication.
1: (laughs) I like that. Is there anything like, you know, you talked about the perfect skate sessions. And, and sometimes those just happen randomly. Is there anything like you ever do to prepare yourself to have a better skate session or the perfect skate skate sessions?
0: I mean, every session is different, but I mean, if my board is like, if it's all set up how I like it, or like, let's say I just, I set up a new board and it's like kind of, it's been broken in enough and like my shoes are just the right amount of broken in. And, Like, I really like the sticker job. And then a bunch of like my friends are there. Like, I feel like that's all the ingredients you really need.
1: I want to chat, Lizzie, a little bit about um, the mindset around being a professional athlete. I think this is something that uh, can be taught much more often for a lot of people. Like it didn't, it took me years before I figured out, like I could control my thoughts and and do really anything I wanted in, in my life as long as I put the energy towards it. Um, I'm curious, like, when when was the shift for you? When you felt like you went from, you know, just a kid skating in the park, um, you know, winning a, a couple contests, to like, I'm 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 a professional now. Like this this is the game. I've moved from, um, you know, amateur status, just having fun, to like pro.
0: I think I started taking skateboarding seriously when in 2014. Like when I was going to school I was going to college and trying to do that like continue my education then also trying to like continue doing contests and traveling and I realized like I was spreading myself too thin and I ended up getting hurt and I tore my PCL and I like couldn't skate at all and I realized how much I cared like I really enjoyed skating and my window for making it a career is like it was then and if I didn't try then like then I would never know and like I knew that I can always go back to school whereas with skating you only have like so many years that your body can take but yeah it was it was definitely a hard decision because my parents were trying to push me to continue like college and take more classes and I was kind of just like no I'm gonna go to physical therapists and try to like figure out how to make a career out of this and i ended up finding a manager and that really helped solidify things financially because i had sponsors but no one was like paying me like on a contract if that makes sense like they'd help me get to contests which is awesome but that's different than making a career out of it
1: so uh, i want to try and dig a little deeper with the mentality like um asking if 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 you have you ever observed your your own mental thoughts or your own mental game um since you've decided like I'm going to do this skateboard thing I'm going to I'm going to make it a career um and this is this is the self talk that I have to myself uh now that I'm a pro compared to the self talk before when you were still you know just having fun with it
0: I think I've gained confidence since then and like being sure of you know where i stand with a lot of things cuz before i think like it was hard to ask for like i don't know making a career out of it and like being financially backed i think was like a big step of like being taken seriously like taking skateboarding seriously cuz i still knew that i like i don't know like i could put in the work to do it but it was like kind of undefined especially like being a female cuz there wasn't other girls doing what, like, making a career out of skateboarding at the time.
1: Do you have any um, female skating role models that you look up to?
0: Um, There's definitely other girls that I, like, look up to and respect. Like, a lot of the, like, at the time, I remember there was other women who would skate, but then they weren't necessarily making a career out of it, if that makes sense. But mo- for the most part, I skated with guys, and, like, I looked up to... A lot of them, like I just looked up to my friends because those are the people I was around.
1: I, I I saw a video. I think it was on your Instagram of of um one you made about the challenges of being a female skater in a you know male dominant sport. In the video, like you've you've got some you know there's some haters because you're a female and and they you know are trying to compare you to males and. And so I'm just curious, like, is this, um, is that fuel for you to be more successful or is it just something that you kind of don't pay too much attention to?
0: I mean, most of the negative comments that I've ever gotten for, I don't really take to heart. It's not until like someone really, you know, hits a nerve with something that I'm already like, maybe I personally feel not so confident about or like, uh, I don't know. Like for the most part, stuff on the internet, like I don't really take it too seriously. It's like if some if my friend or someone who I really know like says something where it's I don't know would say something like that, then I would take it more to heart. But I don't know, like I, it the internet is like people just hide behind their phones or their computers and you can't really hold anyone accountable to that stuff. And it sucks reading, like, but I think I've grown a thicker skin to it. Cause like, I know that my, the people that are my friends and that support me, like they don't think anything like that. And those are the opinions of people who I think matter, but I'm sure it's like so hard for other people. Like there's definitely people out there where they're putting themselves out there and maybe they don't have like the best support group. So I'm sure like all those, any negative comment really, like really hurts. Like you could, you could read a hundred positive comments, but if like one negative comment that hits like the wrong, like t- I, the wrong spot, it's just, I don't know, I'm sure that would like just float in your mind.
1: It, it does. It's, it's weird because you know, the people making those comments aren't coming from a good place anyway. You know, they're frustrated or angry. They don't have good, you know, a good, good vibe or good energy at the moment. And they drop a comment down that can really hurt somebody, but it's good that you like, you got to develop that thick skin because if you don't, like, you can't you can't do anything
0: yeah and I think that's something you learn over time where you know in the beginning like it's easy to just like see everything as the same when it's really not especially if you're putting yourself out there like there's gonna be people who are just gonna be controversial for the sake of it
1: Lizzie, do you have any like daily rituals or even weekly rituals or things you do to that that uh just keep you in either good shape or keep your keep good habits or or even like little things that are kind of superstitious that to keep you going?
0: uh I really make a point of having a good breakfast like whether like on any day but especially on like maybe a contest day or some day where I know I like have a lot ahead of me like breakfast I think is just like one of those special times of day where it's just the first thing you do and if you do that right like the rest of it kind of falls in line
1: what's a good breakfast for you
0: my usual go-to is like eggs and toast and like on a contest day I'll try to have oatmeal like oatmeal is like so it's like it's like filling for like a long time and you like don't crash and I don't know. I just love oatmeal for some reason.
1: Yeah. It makes you feel feel it's comfort food, right?
0: Yeah. And I think it's because when I was younger, my mom, she used to make me oatmeal on like one of the days where she didn't have to go into work early. So it was like a really big treat for me.
1: Any other rituals or little habits you have?
0: I mean, to stay healthy, I try to eat like whole foods. I don't know. I don't really eat fast food unless I'm like on the road and you know, sometimes you're, like, in a group situation, you don't have much choice, especially if you're, like, out of town, but, um, that, and trying to make sure I sleep for at least eight to ten hours, if possible, and when I'm skating, sometimes I'll, <laughs> I totally, like, look at lines on the ground, like, I try not to, like, stand on lines, or, like, have my board over lines, even though I know, like, nothing's gonna happen, I'm not gonna blow up, but. I just prefer not to.
1: You mean like a crack in the sidewalk or.
0: Yeah. Like if I'm like standing at a bowl or like at the skate park, like I'm trying, I wouldn't really stand on the line. Like I've, or like when I drop into something and there's like the crack right there, I try to like drop in next to it or find like the pocket where it's like a little bit smaller, like where two lines meet and I can fit right in between.
1: (laughs) It's funny. Like where these little things come from, I like, there's this old saying, don't step on a crack, you break your mother's back or something. And still to this day, like I'm in my thirties and if I see a crack, I'll just like kind of avoid it with my foot and they stick with you. Right. But for whatever reason, I think it kind of works for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if you like have all these little things that you believe in, it's like little bits that, I don't know, they make up the whole or, it's all psychosomatic. Like, I know it's like crazy stuff, you know, it's like, if it makes you happy, like you should do it. But at the same time, it's like, you don't do it. It's like nothing that bad's going to happen.
1: (laughs) It's a little placebo hit that you get, right? The the belief that it's going to make everything be better. And then for some reason it does a little bit.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) What about um, goal setting? Do you do do any goal setting or you just kind of go with the flow with everything that comes your way?
0: I think I mostly go with the flow like I have an idea of like what I want to hit but then I don't know at the same time I try I don't really want to set like a goal because I don't know like I like I don't want to set like a limit if that makes sense like it's it's weird because it's almost like oh yeah don't try too hard but then at the same time like when everything like like I'm still gonna push myself and like try to go above and beyond but I don't know I kind of like it to. like organically happen like i I don't like forcing things like in skating like if i have to go film it's so stressful when i'm like okay i'm gonna do this thing hopefully today and it's gonna all work out like you almost like thinking about it beforehand you already start the mental process of like it's like um a battle like i start the battle earlier than it should be
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah So, so then getting ready for that, you know, say if you get a film and, and, or go to a competition and, and getting ready for that, how are you preparing? Are you just doing your regular training? Are you, um, are you just not thinking about it? And then when you show up, you're, you're like, Oh, hopefully I can perform and do what I need to do.
0: At contests, I'm pretty comfortable with nothing like not thinking about it until it's like happening. But with filming, I think it's like a little bit harder for me because you have to like tell a, the filmer or maybe a photographer and like get everyone to meet up or set up the session. I don't know. It, it kind of like puts pressure on you to like perform, I guess. But it's not even like that. It's just sometimes you like build it up in your head.
1: Do you find that that what's more stressful, the competition or the films?
0: For me, because I have, like, a contest background, like, I feel pretty comfortable about it. But filming is, like, it feels so manual to me. Like, it's really rewarding. But at the same time, it can be maddening in the sense that, like, for me, I've broken it down to a contest is the best 15 minutes of that day. Or, like, 20 minutes or however long the heat is. And you just, like, that's the cap. And on a part it's like you have you know a year or two to do your personal ultimate best which like in my head I like I want to be so much more if that makes sense and so it's like it's hard to sometimes it's like even hard to start because you want to set the bar so high but a lot of it is just like doing the motions of like you know you just the more you chip away at it like the further you'll get
1: Since growing, going pro Lizzie, what, what's been the most difficult challenge for you?
0: I think with going pro and like getting your own like model, anything is really rewarding. Like it's so cool. But then at the same time, like you always have to be thinking of ideas and graphics and it's like, it's, it's a responsibility. And like working with artists and trying to find your vision for certain things and, I don't know. Like, it's really fun to do, but sometimes, like, it, there's so many options. But it's really fun seeing, like, a thing come to life, like an idea turn into, like, a CAD turn into the actual product. And it takes a long time sometimes.
1: I mean, cr- really great creative art, creative, any type of work does, right?
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's, like, frustrating because you'll be so far ahead that by the time, like, the current thing is coming out you're like three you could be like so far ahead that you're just like oh yeah that's cool that's finally here but I really want this one (laughs) you're always ahead of yourself
1: what's your on the topic of goals what's your your goal for your skating career what's the the long-term vision of it
0: I mean for now my current goal is just like to get through the olympic stuff and like do my best there and do that, I guess. That's kind of, like, all-encompassing for the next year. And after that, I feel like I just want to continue skating and, like, maybe work on, like, a video part and, I don't know, continue to push myself and be, like, the best skater I can be and still have fun with it is, like, a big, like, thing for me. Like, if if it gets too serious, like, I feel like I'd have to, like, take a step back because it's just – I don't know like I don't want it to feel like I'm just doing this thing like I want I want to like be living it if that makes sense
1: it 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 does a bit but like what would be too serious for you
0: like I don't want my job to feel like a job like I still want to go to the skate park and have fun like I really like skating for like the feeling if that makes sense or like if, if I don't feel that and I'm just I don't know like, if I was pushing myself to be better than the next person, like, that's a battle I'll never win, you know? It's more, like, personal than that.
1: Because you want to bring out the best in yourself, right, and not necessarily just dominate other people.
0: Yeah, like, I'm sure that drives some people, but at the end of the day, when I skate a contest, at least, it's so, like, the, the way it's, like, scored in the rankings and stuff, like, I could, you can easily get caught up in, like, I just need to do this to be better than that, but at the end of the day, if I do everything that I'm capable of, I th- I feel like I've I've done my job or like I've done the best I can, and I should I'm happy with that.
1: Now I, I watched another one of your videos, and you talked about like getting in the zone, the mindset, and there was a neuroscientist on the video analyzing your brain waves uh, on the difference between skating and and riding a motorcycle. And, uh, I'm a motorcycle enthusiast too, and, and try to ride as much as I can. But, um, you mentioned like, uh, they mentioned what was happening to your brain when you're, you're on the bike and how much more focus and bit of adrenaline you have is, is when you guys analyze that is the same thing happening when you're skating as well.
0: Yeah. So that whole like study, it was done. Like we did like, some brain scans while I was riding a motorcycle and while I was skating and this my brain was like doing the same thing and it was so cool to see because they like had the graph on the phone and then they're like okay now close your eyes and then they're like okay now think of a thing and then they went back and showed me like the difference of like when I was like just closing my eyes and then when I like recalled like a memory and it was just like so interesting to see that stuff
1: did they tell you exactly what is happening when you are riding a motorcycle and what you when you're skating?
0: I don't have it like, I don't know, like it was all told to me and when it, it was shown to me. It was like really interesting, but I'm like not so familiar with like all that stuff that I'd be able to recall it off the top of my head.
1: When you get in a zone like you, you've got to perform, whether you're just having a great skate session or, or competing or whatever it may be, uh, what's that feeling like for you?
0: I feel like for at least contests or like when I'm trying a trick, like I can get so um, you kind of get an emotion and then you're just like trying to break something down. It's like almost like tunnel vision where like you're just so focused on one certain thing or trying to like break this thing down that like there can be stuff going on around you and you can totally miss it or like you're not listening. You're just like so deep in thought. It's almost like daydreaming, but while you're doing a thing
1: other than like just going to the park and and or going to the competition and starting is there any anything you do to prepare for that?
0: Well, skating is the only thing that really helps skating, but I also do some supplemental like training. So like I go to the gym and I do like certain exercises to like basically strengthen all the things that skateboarding doesn't do for you. Like usually when you like fall and slam When you get hurt, it's not like the strongest thing on your body that breaks. It's the weakest link. And so by doing like the stuff in the gym, it kind of saves you in the long run.
1: You have a trainer you work with?
0: I do. And I like I try to go twice a week when I'm home. But when I'm traveling, it kind of all goes to the side.
1: Yeah. When you travel, it's difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah what part of your your body are you working on specifically to to strengthen that so you'll be better when you're skating
0: like specifically we do like ankle stuff and then shoulders and like core work um like for me i like in the past i've like fallen on my like i've like hung up and like slammed on my shoulder and so it's the ligaments are a little bit looser so by doing more like shoulder exercises it kind of like the muscles tighten everything up and kind of keep me more together and I also like like skating is like a lot it's basically like doing squats like when you pump or like when you like ollie or jump down something and so like we'll do that stuff but I don't know just a lot of movement stuff and like movement while like having a little bit of like resistance or weight
1: you've gotten to uh, travel all over the world to do different skate competitions and 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 go skating where's some of your places your favorite places in the world to skate
0: it's really fun to skate in southern california just because there's so much stuff here and it's all really good i think when i leave it's really cool to go just like see the other skate scenes and other places if that makes sense and like The culture of skating in other countries is like what I like to, I don't know, that's when I leave, that's like what I feel like I'm like interested in experiencing and like seeing the skate culture in uh, Copenhagen and in Malmo, Sweden, it's, they have a really cool scene there and there's a lot of really fun things to skate. It's just only open for a certain time of year. As far as like going somewhere for the actual culture itself, like. Going to Japan is so fun and I like love the food and I don't know. It's just, it's so foreign, if that makes sense. Skating there is like, it's fun. It's really fun to do, but they don't have necessarily like the best skate stuff.
1: Where, what are some other countries that have good skate scenes?
0: Um, so in Europe, there's quite a few like strong skate scenes. Brazil has probably like the second biggest skate scene. Like they've had, they have their own skate industry. They fully, like, manufacture, like, boards down there, and it's really cool to see, like, their, like, their passion for skateboarding. Like, everyone down there that skates is just, like, they, like, love it. (laughs) But I think that's just Brazilian culture. Like, whatever they're into, they're really into it, and it's pretty cool. A while ago, I went to India for, like, a skate thing, and it was really cool to see that just because it's like an emerging skate scene like there's so there's so many people there that i think could love skateboarding but there's like there's like when i was there there wasn't sidewalks to skate on like you really could only skate at the skate park
1: um i know like i used to live in barcelona and you've been there um they skate all over the place is it is it everybody says it's a good city to to skate in is that true
0: It is like, it's, it's more of a street like skating hub, but it's really cool to skate there. And there's definitely like iconic spots.
1: Do you have any other uh, hobbies or sports that you do besides ride motorcycles and skate?
0: Yeah, I like, (laughs) I like gardening. That's like one of my favorite hobbies and I like surfing and biking that's been really fun. I live like at the beach. And so we'll go out and go surfing. I like need to get my own board though. Like I finally got one, but it's not exactly what I want, but I'm gonna, I'm slowly getting there.
1: If you, if, if skating wasn't in your life, what other, and you had to be a professional at something, what would you, what sport would you take up?
0: It's, it's so hard to say just cause I don't know. I feel like the, I really took, like, the options that were around me, and I remember in high school, like, I was, like, should I go to mechanic school? Like, it's fun, like, taking things apart and putting them back together. Like, it's something that you do with your hands, and, like, I don't know, but it's, like, also, like, really physically So It was more something that I wanted to learn as a hobby, and then I also considered, like, getting into, um, like, being an engineer like my mom, because she Like, she basically, like, looks at blueprints, plans, like, maps out um, cables for, like, different machine like, editing equipment and theaters and stuff. Like, I don't know. I like it because, like, she pretty much just gets to do her own thing and, like, you know, she maps it all out and, like, does it in her way or she, like, (laughs) she organizes all the cables so that they look really satisfying. It's almost (laughs) like some ASMR thing.
1: And I know how she feels. Like, I do little stuff like that, too. Like, one little thing's out of place, I've got to put it in the right spot just to feel good. Right? What if you could be a professional gardener? Like, would you take that out?
0: If I got to do some sort of like exotic gardening where it's like I have these like rare specimens that are all like need their little thing, but if I had to do just mass gardening, I don't know if I would necessarily like that. It's like, it's been so satisfying doing like now that I have like a big backyard, I can like really just go off with it. But then, At the same time, like, within the past, like, two years, in the beginning when we moved here, like, we were taking out tree stones and, like, going in. And I was getting wrecked from gardening. Like, it was full-on, like, landscaping. It was so heavy. And it was, like, really satisfying because it's, like, you know, everything you do, it's, like, you instantly see, like, the work you've put in. But I would be ruined and I couldn't go skate. And so it got to the point where I was like, "Should we really start gardening? Like, is this a good idea?" But now most of the tree stumps are gone, so we're good.
1: So it's easier, yeah. Well, yeah. What are What are some of the things that you guys grow in your garden?
0: For the most part, it's like cactus and or succulents, some cactus and a few palm trees. We have a couple fruit thingies. Like I have a blackberry vine and a raspberry vine, but the raspberry vine hasn't. I don't know. It doesn't look like it's really doing anything. There's some things. I don't know, it's so funny. Like doing gardening, just because everything has its own preference. It's almost like some things like a lot of attention, then other things are just like leave me alone. And we also have avocados, onions, garlic, and I want to say we have more. I just bought a like a a type of ficus today with my grandma. It's like. What's it called? My grandma's visiting and we're just like looking at nurseries. It's fun.
1: I think there's something really healthy too about like getting, you know, touching nature and getting your hands dirty and then and then and then taking care of it as well. Like I think that's something we lack living in big cities. Um, you know, unless you're going to the beach on a regular basis or something like that. But uh getting you know, getting like your hands dirty sometimes. It just feels so good.
0: Yeah, I think it's very grounding, like getting dirty and like, just like taking care of something and watching it grow. And like, if you can appreciate little things like that, I feel like it, you like, you see more things, like you're, you open up your eye to like all these like little things. And it's cool to just appreciate more things. Like, you know, you, some people, or just even myself, like growing up, like there's so many things that I realized I wasn't attuned to until I saw it and then all of a sudden, like, I couldn't not see like certain things. Like once you see that they're
1: there over the past few years, you know, you've gained a significant amount of influence from, you know, becoming a professional skater and the success that you have we're interviewing a hundred major influencers to talk about how they manage that influence in a responsible way. Cause there's a lot of sloppy influence out there and you know, you, we talked briefly on about ignoring the haters and that sort of thing, but is there anything specifically Lizzie that you do to kind of control and make sure that the influence that you have is, is handled in a uh, a healthy way in and in a positive way?
0: Yeah, I, th- Try to I'm really on it about making sure everything that I put out there is genuinely like something i I believe in. Like I don't put anything out there that I like feel questionable about. and I also believe that you don't necessarily need to put your whole life out on the internet. like there's some there's something to be said about like you know, having your own privacy and you know, like you have to live your life outside of the internet at the end of the day. You can't be living for this made up thing. I mean, it's real, but you know, you can't go to the internet, something we all like tune into and the internet is a tool like Instagram and all those different social media sites are a way of connecting, but having actual connections with your family or your friends, like that's so much more.
1: How do you, how do you draw the line? Like, where, where do you say like, no, I'm, I can't put this. What are some things that you said, like, I can't, I've got to draw the line. I can't put this up on the interwebs or this is definitely going on on the internet.
0: Um, I mean, if it's related to skating, like in my head, it's like, there's kind of like a gauge of like, yeah, this is like, this is what I'm doing. This is relevant to my job and all these things. Like I'll put it out there, but some things are just for me. Like there's definitely times when I'm like skating and I'll film a trick and it's like worthy enough to put on the internet but I'm like this one's for me like I don't need to share it with everyone but I kind of don't do as much as I could if that makes sense I feel like I'm on the more conservative side of the internet and like really only trying to use my voice when I have something to say which doesn't always like work out in the sense that you know the more the more you put out sometimes like the more reach you can get Like, the internet, it's, like, the more you feed it, like, the hungrier it gets. Like, it's kind of better, but at the same time, like, I don't know, like, with skating, you just, it's about doing the thing, and yeah, like, that's what it is, and the internet, like I said, it's a tool. Like, if you can use it to your advantage, like, like, I don't think I would have my job without the internet, honestly, so I don't know. Like, it's a double-edged sword. That's how I really feel about it. <laughs>
1: it's it's true. Because, I mean, you make a really good point because, like, the more you feed it, the hungrier it gets. And then and then it adds more responsibility on your shoulders, um, you know, to either engage with that or to um, participate or to, you know, whatever you're doing. Um, so it's good. You, I think you've got to have that balance. Like, there's certain personality types that can just put their whole life on the Internet, and they're fine with that. They can handle that well. But a lot of people just, like, they've got to balance it out, you know. Because it'll suck you in.
0: Yeah. And I think it's just, it's also good for the, like, just having, you know, something to yourself. And like I said about privacy and like, I don't know, like you can put your whole life out there, but then it's like for everyone to, to like, I don't know, say like, this is you and like just seeing you from a window. And it is really strange how like nowadays we know people that we don't know, you know?
1: Yeah. Right. Internet friends. And you can know a lot about an internet friend even more than some of your personal friends.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. But I think like I don't know, then at that point it's kind of like how people like are drawn to TV and like dramas and you know, it's fun to like get into other people's lives, but at the same time you have to like have your own life. You can't just be like w- tuning in every week to someone else's life. You have to like have your own goals and do your own things and like have the little things for yourself.
1: Very wise. Very wise. Um, Lizzie, I think we're going to wrap everything up there. Uh, before we close off, uh, just if you can inform the listeners where they can get a hold of you if they want to reach out and learn more about what you have going on or check out your Instagram or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Um, you can check out my Instagram at Lizzie Armanto or my Facebook or my Twitter, but I really am mostly on Instagram and yeah, that's kind of where the internet's at these days. But I also skate Vans Park Series and like a bunch of other contests and I'm a park skateboarder. So if you see any park contests with like a women's division, I'm probably there too.
1: <laughs> cool. Come check it out uh lizzie again thank you so much for coming on the show and um yeah that was awesome i really appreciate it i want to wish you the best success in the olympics that uh, you have the best skate session ever when you're there and uh thanks so much i really appreciate it
0: thank you too chris i really appreciate you interviewing me and like allowing me to be on your show
1: We're going to wrap up there, listeners. Lizzie, if you just hang on for one second before we hang up. But listeners, thank you guys for tuning in once again. And we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at TheBusinessMethod.com. That's TheBusinessMethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.